You're listening to a podcast made the Johnsonville way. It's been one week since we've last talked to our last guest on Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. I am Joe Horsmeyer, and with me I have... Krista Brazo. See, I told you. I worked on that all wow. morning. Wow. I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you. I'm very impressed. Too bad I didn't write that one. Otherwise, I'd be... Nobody would get it if it weren't a thing already, though. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Who do we have with us today? <laughs> Got Jamie Diener. Jamie Diener in the house! Wow. Is that how your college buddies would, like, if you'd walk into a, a room, would they be like, Yo, Jamie! No, I had a nickname. <gasps> Ooh. Jamie, can we you divulge? have to tell us now. I don't know. It's, I don't, I probably could, yeah. It was, um, these. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't have shared that, but yeah, that's what it was. Off of the Snoop Dogg song, Dizzy. That's a lot of, a lot of times okay, it dizzy, was yes. Dizzy. <clears throat> dizzy. Yeah. Dizzy. Wow. <laughs> Why have we not known this? It's not something I broadly share, but <laughs> nobody ever really asked. Okay. Well, it's mm. always a pleasure to talk with you, um, Jamie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and today is no exception, of course. Uh, could you please tell us what your Johnsonville story is? So I started at Johnsonville about two and a half years ago, November okay. of 2015. I started off as ops coordinator and... Did that for about six months and then became the plant coordinator at Countryside. So I've been at Countryside for my entire Johnsonville career. Bada bing, bada boom. Yep. That's what right. a career it's been. I actually started, I applied for Johnsonville probably six months or probably a year before that. Oh, really? So yeah, I had applied a couple times to to come to Johnsonville. It was a company that I had heard a lot about and obviously loved the product and so forth. So, mm-hmm. um, But I heard about the culture and thought, you know, Working for a large company, publicly held company, I was looking for a privately held company that cared about people. It wasn't yep. a number, mm-hmm. and that's why I pursued Johnsville, and luckily it worked out. That's awesome. Spring. Yeah, I was literally just going to ask, you know, what um, after coming from where you came from, which is also in the meat world, mm-hmm. um, you know, what what's the biggest difference, and what, what do you like about Johnsville? Yeah, definitely the, the fact that you're – more than just a person to get work done, your you know your your opinions valued, and you yourself as an individual is valued. And where I was before, it was a good, a decent company, good mm-hmm. company. And they yeah. try we're trying to mimic that, but at a really large scale, it's just so tough to do that. Mm-hmm. And I felt even at you know as a I was a general manager of a facility, didn't you know you're pretty expendable, and yeah. and that was I I didn't like the stress and the uncertainty of that, and mm-hmm. you know didn't have to. Didn't want to have to continue down that path. So that's why I'm here. Beautiful. You know, it's interesting. I didn't grow up in this area. I'm yeah. from north of Green Bay. So I grew up in eating a wee the- little fishing village. <laughs> yep. Um, so I didn't, I grew up eating the product, but I didn't grow up living around people who worked here. So I had, I knew nothing about the culture. <clears throat> Even when I applied here, I had no idea what Johnsonville culture was. I came from the public sector, I worked for Manitowoc County. Um, so I was really surprised when I got here, pleasantly surprised. 
But I think a lot of people come into it knowing about it, and mm-hmm. I was probably one of the few people who had no idea what I was walking into in a positive way. So. Well, I also did not. I, I came in when I was right around my 20, uh, 20th year of um, living. And uh, <laughs> again, just like you, well, I enjoyed the product. <laughs> yes, Jamie, was there still you? Most people save. say they're yeah. 20 years old. Oh. But, you know, this is that's your, this thing? is, yeah. Oh my God. But this is your my deal. My 20th you know, year of living. <laughs> You're lucky I didn't put that in there. That the accent. accent? Yes. Because that was next. I think I'm more shocked than feeling lucky. <sighs> Anyways, um, I just remember, you know, you think about Johnsonville. And as a consumer, you just think about, oh, we're just going to have a great time grilling out brats on a Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't ever think about how it's made. When then when I came in, it was like, well, this is fun all around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't yeah. more people know about this? But it is true. It, it's, you know, it is a culture that's out there now and the world knows about it. So my a coach I had before at the company I worked previously had followed Johnsonville a little bit, had either uh, seen books or seen some of the publications that had happened back in the 80s yeah and had followed johnsonville and had kind of filled me in a little bit about it even though he wasn't from this area he's actually from utah or something like that oh wow and he had followed kind of the the culture and some of the leadership things that ralph had put together you know with the johnsonville way and so forth and some of the the document i can't remember i've seen it before but there's a the video from back in the 80s of of yeah you you watch it when you you go to the johnsonville way class Yeah. yeah that's right and um he had just made note of that and said, you know, if he, he was kind of helping me through that and sure. understood because he was struggling a little bit with the culture as well and said, you know, maybe it's it would be a good move to pursue. And was so it wasn't just he's from Utah and knew about the culture just based on some of the things he had read and seen and yeah, in journals and so forth. I think it's, it's interesting cool. that you called him your coach. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> guess he was my coach back at that time. The boss. He was pretty good. He, yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> A little bit more philosophical and cared a little bit more about the soft skills, which was kind of unique in that case. Now I call him a coach. He's the, yeah. 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 He's still a big fan of Johnsonville, and I keep in touch with him. Oh, that's cool. cool. Jamie, what's up with your off-the-clock story? I hear that um, you want to raise bees. I'm going to become a beekeeper. Yeah, I'm working on that right now. It's something that I've found some interest in. Yeah. Wait, wait. Let's you break it go, down. Do you want to go, go into it? Way, yeah, let's go all the way to the back. What? Um, all, the the back. all the way to the back. All the way to the back. What What? made you think I want to raise bees? So I have an uncle that has kept bees probably for the last five years he okay. also did it probably 20 years ago did it for a couple of years and then got out of it and the things that you hear about bees dying off mm-hmm. and just kind of the boring. world will end yeah if they're not here so i've just read something that I the statistic is probably wrong but i know it's above 90 percent 90 percent of the fruit and anything that requires pollination is done by honeybees mm-hmm. sure sure so hearing that and just taking some interest in it i decided yeah why not why let's let's try it so Actually, it goes back last summer. We were at my uncle's place doing some things, and I started asking questions about the bees and so forth and what things are called and how it works. And he took me up to his hive and opened it up and took a look at it. And I'm thinking, this is pretty neat. This is interesting. So then last, this fall, this past fall, I was on the fence whether or not I was going to do it. And my uncle's kind of self-taught, and I kind of realized that there were some gaps in what I had seen. And so I, I ordered some books. I ordered two books um, off of Amazon and 
started reading them, and it's like really, it's super interesting. Bees are, I'm sure you have nuances with other animals and so forth, um, but when you start reading about how it works, it's really interesting, super interesting. Wow. They're kind of predictable, I would think. I think, you know, I think they are somewhat predictable, but they are all at the same time. I would say maybe not, that they're not quite as predictable. Um, There's a lot of different, if you had 24 beekeepers in front of you, you'd probably get 24 different answers on what the right way to do certain things are. And Mm -hmm. I'm not a beekeeper yet. I'm going to preface this because (laughs) I don't own a bee. I own a lot of beekeeping equipment. And the preparation uh, for the bees com- to come. They're, I was going to say, we're not quite there yet. It's a little too cold out for that, yeah, probably. They're, right. they're ordered April 28th. They, oh, so they're going to come like via FedEx or something? Well, you can order. You can get bees through the mail. Say, you can it, get chickens through them. You can get little baby chickens through the mail. Not eggs, chickens. What? So, yeah. Yeah, you can. But I, that's not the way I ordered them. There's a place that's between Freedom and Seymour that sell them. There's people all over that sell but because there's been so much die off of bees this winter, they're pretty hard to find. Or, mm-hmm. You know, if somebody has bees that are going to be for sale, then it's been pretty difficult to find them. Not difficult, but you have to be on the ball and order them quickly. Otherwise, they'll be gone. Is this winter uh, an outlier when it comes to die off? Or I would say typically, from what I've heard, I became a member of the Manitowoc County Beekeepers Association. Oh my probably. gosh! Yes, I'm a card carrying member. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it sounds like typically, like in the last 20 years, you know, maybe you'd see like 5 or 10% winter die-off okay. by hives. So that's the way bees work. It's not the quantity of bees. It's how many hives and how, how many hives total survive through the winter Okay, is what, the, what you would consider. But this year, it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood from the people that I've heard, maybe 85% or what even more than that. What caused that, though? I, I don't know. Because this winter was not that bad. No. So there's... A we, lot had of pretty, we had a pretty cold stretch, though. We I mean, like, like, really December cold. December and January-ish. There's a lot of people that didn't even see their bees make it to November, though, before it even got. Wow. They call it hive collapse, where they just, for no apparent reason, you kind of go there and they're gone. There's nothing there. And they kind of believe that there it's different things kind of combined causing stress on the bees that causes hive collapse. So they don't really know what it is, but there's a mite called the varroa mite that has been pretty invasive to bees and it's something that you have to pay close attention to how do you get rid of that uh there's some treatments but it's not you know the problem is it's not very economical to do it most beekeepers are trying to do it for somewhat somewhat of a profit most hobbyists are just doing it for the honey but every yeah, yeah. you know you might spend a couple hundred dollars on on treatment or whatever to to take care of it and that's not the main underlier of it but it's difficult to see because they're really small bees are really small already and then the mites are even smaller right so you have to go through this long process where you actually take the bees put them count like 100 bees put powdered sugar on them and then kind of shake them off because the sugar doesn't hurt them right and it's white and you can see these mites are like a darker color and then you count them and if you see so many of them then you would potentially treat them but that's not something that's easy to do right sure. it takes some time and it's just tricky there's wow. so there's a lot of different there's a lot of pressure on the bees a lot of people blame pesticides as well you know sure. i have agricultural background so you don't want to you know you see that and it's like well pesticides meaning they're going out and pollinating plants that have pesticides sprayed on them and that's well, stressing them out or i think you see some just residue some residual mm. pesticides that come back into the hive potentially. They say there's a Canadian university has done a, a study that says that has scientifically proven that mortality rate improves. Right? Is that right? So you have less mortality in bees if you're less than three miles away from a corn or soybean field. 
Really? Yeah. So it kind of just points that it, it's probably uh, chemical companies have to do tests on bees or on insects to make sure that it's not killing them. But it's kind of the theory that it's not just that soon. It's just an additional stressor. So you have all these additional stressors on bees that you're causing. It may not be when they test it, they don't test chemicals and mites and all of the additive stressors. They just kind of do the chemicals. Well, that's not enough, but you put it all together, then you're, you're putting more stress on them. Mm-hmm. It wow. doesn't sound like this has been something that's new, though. I think, I think I guess there was, I've heard the comment, like back in 2007, we thought bees were done too. And mm-hmm. Okay. So okay. maybe it's a cycle. I don't. I don't know. I also read. My wife um, had pointed out an article or something she had seen on the news where they accidentally, German researchers accidentally came up with a cure for the mites. Though by they're trying to test something else and something else in what they were trying to test actually killed the mites. It was like a lithium huh. is the answer. So fantastic! I love it when so, that happens. So they accidentally came Whoops. across. I'm sure that's a little ways away, but sure. So. Wow. Okay. So great. Ba- mites are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, bees, unfortunately, pass away a bunch this this winter. But let's get back to what have you done to prepare yourself for this next bee season, or your first bee season, I should say. First bee season, I've been spending a lot of time in my workshop building the hives and the frames that the bees make the comb on. Uh-huh. So I've kind of undertaken almost woodworking as another hobby to prepare for beekeeping. I don't like Look at that. I'd rather spend a couple hundred dollars on tools yeah. as opposed to spending a couple and be able to make this stuff myself as opposed to buying buying mm-hmm. and the not. In, well, and then you have the tools to maintain it. Mm-hmm. So. And grow if I want to. Mm-hmm. If, if this works out well, I'm hoping maybe to do more of it. We'll see. I'm yeah. Gonna, so then um, what does an actual, what is a hive? Uh, the, I've seen the, them. The wooden boxes mm-hmm. that I think that they are. Mm-hmm. What what is What do they entail? What What is it? So inside of a box you have frames and those are if you've probably seen them they're flat pieces of wood and then they have either sometimes they have honeycomb inside of those so you can put a foundation where the bees start to build their it kind of gives the bees a head start yeah and they build their comb on there and the comb is where so in the bottom box the comb is essentially what they call brood and brood is the where the queen lays her eggs okay um and then the other worker bees raise that So usually the very bottom two boxes are what they call brood boxes, and that's where the queen is producing bees. And then there's what's called a queen excluder, and it's a you would put a queen excluder in. It's a either metal or a wood or plastic uh, screen basically where the worker bees are smaller they can get through, but the queen cannot. So the queen doesn't lay eggs in those top upper boxes. Really, they're called honey supers. That's where the honey is, and that's generally where the bottom two boxes are for the bees. The top boxes are for the, the beekeeper for the honey. Yeah, and depending on how old you have, um, how old the hive the hive itself is, or the the bees the colony of bees are, you might in the first year leave a little bit of extra honey for the bees to make it through the winter because the colony is not as strong. Sure, sure. Now, granted. They I want you to take honey? this with a grain of salt because this is book <laughs> knowledge and what I've learned from other people. It sounds super logical to me. You though. know what? You're sitting here confidently telling us this stuff. I'm like, oh, gosh, this guy's a professional. I've watched a lot of YouTube videos and <laughs> read a lot of stuff and talked to a lot of people. And you're a member of the beekeeping yeah. association. Is that so what it is? One of the first yeah. things they tell you as a new beekeeper is to to get a, a, men- a, a mentor. Yeah. yeah. So I don't live in Manitowoc County, but it's probably the stronger beekeeper <laughs> association and it's close. So, yeah, I joined that and I've been to a just a meeting mm-hmm. um they're 
they meet and they provide a mentor and learning. One of the things that can vary between, if you watch a YouTube video from somebody in North Carolina, right, the climate is very different than it is in Wisconsin. Yeah, so yeah. it's important to understand what the local the local issues might be or the solutions to problems are. Sure. What? Go ahead. I was going to say, I know that we, some one of us, or Joe probably mentioned to you, Mark Hemble over at Global, has been doing it for years. Well, that's... So, and I know he would love to probably we'll share some right of his knowledge. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll have to, I don't know Mark at all, but I'll have to... You, you recognize him if you I saw will. him. He goes all... He's IT, so he's okay. going all over the place, oh, yeah. I think I do know what you're talking about. Yep. Yep. I know Mark is. Yep. I'll, I'll definitely have to... Hey, Mark. Mark? Hi, I'm Jamie. Hi. Yeah. You know, I'm a super nice guy, and I could really use some help. But yeah, but he, yeah, he's definitely... I mean, I've been here seven years, and I feel like I've been asking him about it for that long, so hmm. he's been doing it for a while. I, it was one of those hobbies that you see, and I didn't really think it would be something I'd be interested in but the more you learn about it, it's like it's pretty interesting and yeah it seems like something that my so, kids are interested in it too so you said there's the mites what else in Wisconsin do you have to worry about being a beekeeper to keep your bees healthy and strong and uh you know that's a good question I think there's some other diseases that are out there uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what they're called but um, there's also, of course, the cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the thing, the one of the things that I've learned is that, <clears throat> excuse me, that moisture is probably more critical. Keeping the bees dry is more critical than keeping them warm. Okay. When they stay in the hive, they keep the hive even in the winter time ninety some odd degrees, and as long as there's food there. What? Yeah, it's wait, not, wait, wait. How do they do that? Or e- do you by eating and their metabolism and movement keeps the hive really? ninety some degrees. So. You don't want to open up the hive on a cold day, right? No, because no, obviously yeah. you're going to affect that. But what ends up happening is because you have that warm temperature inside the hive and you may have cold temperatures outside, the heat go- rises up to the top and hits the cover, the top cover. Yeah. And that surface temperature might be cold. Yep. And what happens when heat with moisture hits it, it condensates and, what, and it'll drip on the bees. And Game you know over. what it's like when it's cold and you get wet? It, yeah. Yeah. You can't huh. maintain temperature. So it's important to have good airflow. So that it they can maintain temperature and that they don't. People put like wood shavings in the top because the wood sha- in top in a, like a box on okay, top. yeah. With like cedar shavings and that'll absorb moisture sure. and keep them from. Well, I was gonna say, is there some type of insulation you put in? To some it? people put insulation around it. They also put like uh, tar paper. It's black, so the yeah. sun, you know, it like heats. what will go under yeah. shingles on a roof. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's some things that you can do to prepare. A lot of people prepare their hives for winter. Put little mouse ex- mouse things so that the bees can get in and out but the mice can't because they'll right find a place oh, yeah. to and then there's food in there too sure sure yeah so the bees co- do eat honey then yep okay yep that's All their right. stores that's their way of they bring back the nectar and con- condense it down into sweet some, goodness into sweet, <gasps> sweet, sweet sweet goodness. sweet goodness yeah and they and then you steal it from them steal from <laughs> but a lot of people put you have to a lot of people replace sugar with honey so you take honey but a lot of people feed bees Oh, sugar water sure, in the yeah. spring and mm. in the fall to kind of Supplement, give them, yeah, yeah the so that they're not going into their reserves quite mm. as quickly. Wow. Are you concerned about stings? Not really. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm inexperienced, right? So to go yeah. in there the first time, I'm sure it's in the back of your mind, but uh, a lot of beekeepers that keep multiple hives might get stick, stung like three or four times a year. If Are that, you going to wear a suit? I have a jacket. Okay. But most beekeepers don't go, don't wear gloves or you use it's important smoke, to keep, right? Yeah, use okay. smoke is important and not irritating them by jostling them around a ton or, you know. Right. 
but it's it's it appears it's not as big of an issue as one might think. There's no real reason for them. They only feel threatened, or they only, they're trying to protect the queen or to protect the the honey, essentially protect protect the hive. Although yeah. you're going into it, but <laughs> right? You start knocking them around, and that's a smoke. You're a friend of the hive. <laughs> yeah, you are. And the smoke yeah. calms them down, right? Yeah. Okay. It calms them down. It kind of confuses them, and they say when you smoke them, it. it does put them back a little bit so you don't want to do a ton of it because yeah, it, yeah. you know it's you're going into them and into their home and messing them up and it takes them a little bit to recover from that okay, sure. also been told that if you go in there frequently they kind of get used to the the activity and, oh. and they also say that the queen herself can send the signals if you have a queen that's an aggressive queen the hive is going to be aggressive and sometimes they replace the queen if that's the case huh. and maybe you have a more docile queen did you know that all the bees in the hive are female? No. I feel like as a child I was told yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, the worker yes. bees are yeah. female. The only males that are around are the drones, and their sole responsibility is if the queen dies and a new queen and replaces her to to breed the queen. So, that, so but wow. in, a hive you, is not, um, I don't know how to say it, uh, they can work with different queens, yeah. basically. Okay, they're but not, they have to accept them. So if you decided to replace the queen... You would want to go through a process of you can buy queens. You can just buy a queen, and she comes in a little cage with some other tender, some queen <laughs> with great. some. Uh, I don't I'm know what they call. Picturing like them. a tiny little bird cage. <laughs> it is basically. It is. It's. Do they wear a crown? I don't. I haven't. I don't Are think so. Pictures yeah, like, of I haven't this? seen I them yet. So. I want to see pictures. Do you have pictures of your equipment? I would love to see. I do. I okay, do. that'd be great. We could put it on the blog. Yeah, I do, and uh, so yeah, they. Uh, Interesting fact, little known fact. I feel like okay. Norm yes. from Cheers, but um, they uh, they actually kick the the males out at the end of the year. So in fall, what? Yeah, in fall when it's it's a long story, but but they do they kick them out. They're, the males aren't gonna they don't really serve a purpose other than breeding the queen. And if they're not getting a queen, a new queen is not gonna come out come about in the fall generally when they go into winter. So they literally kick all the males out and so that they don't have to feed them through the year. They're really only used for that. So they kick them out and then they will raise new drones in the springtime when wow. it becomes necessary. Oh my So then gosh. those old, the males who got kicked out, just go find some other no, place. They die. They they die. die. They die. Oh, come yeah, on. They're done. The lifespan of a bee in the summertime is only like six weeks. They really? don't live very long. Yeah. They don't live very long I at all, they, but they that. live through the winter. So you know, that's same, interesting. So the same bee in the wintertime will live several months long, but I suppose because it's, it's working hard. Slows and down, yeah. Yeah. Metabolism probably slows on probably different reasons yeah. scientifically why so it happens. But. What would happen if you, you know, bought bees from down south and then brought them up here? You know, would they still have the same life expectancy and or would they make it to the winter or so a lot of the places that you actually buy bees from are actually doing that so what happens is the place i'm buying the bees from they raise their bees in wisconsin okay for honey yeah so they harvest the honey in late early actually early like around september okay. i think is generally when that happens what they do is when that's done they pack up all their bees on a semi-trailer and they drive to florida or Georgia or Texas usually, and then what they do is they spend that time. They put the bees in like a, a orange orchard or something that needs to be pollinated, and that's a service that they provide. And then they also uh, raise bees for replacement in the spring. So the bees that are coming back were actually stay here, and in 
an They're operation are they running? How big? A semi trailer full of bees? Yeah. Can you imagine if that thing flipped over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually, I, when I was in Arizona once, I I saw, we drove past on the interstate a semi truck that was loaded with bees and had like a screen mesh tarp over the top of it. <gasps> really? You could see them? You could see them. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. crazy. That is awesome. Yeah, it was pretty, it's interesting. Huh. Hmm. Jinx. Yeah. On the huh. So, so um, just throwing this out there. When Darren Poison was on the uh, oh podcast, boy. here we go. <laughs> he makes sauces, and he provided each of us a jar barbecue of sauce. sauce by the way. <laughs> yeah, barbecue sauce. So, if you have enough honey to spare at some, which point, gets to my next question, what you don't are get your a lot pl- of honey. Actually, what are your plans? Well, how many hives, and then not only that, but what do you want to do with you know the the fruits of your labor? I or do you just want to raise bees to raise bees, or are you selling honey, or are you selling bees? Or Am I going to see you, you at the farmers market? Yeah, what do we do? I don't think you'll see me at the farmers market. <laughs> Not this year. At Not least. this year. No. So <laughs> I am, I'm. I'll be doing two hives this year. It's okay. A, they say it's always good to have two when you start off, so that you can compare. If you have ah. one that's doing really well, and maybe one that's not, you have something to compare it to. As a new new beekeeper, you might not understand if you, what you have is normal. So. I'll start off with two, and that uh, sounds to be a manageable number at first, and then we'll see how it goes. Um, my, I expect to – I think you get probably maybe 60 pounds of honey per hive, mm-hmm. which is roughly a five-gallon pail or something like that, or maybe a little bit less than that, and sell it to those that are interested. And if it goes well, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. give, it away, give it away to – I always really buy nice local podcast honey. Ah, yeah, hosts, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Well, a lot of people talk about if you if you want to um, like if you have kids who have allergies and things like that, or you want the, to avoid them getting allergies, give them local honey because then they're taking in, right. you know, different you know, the atmosphere the, basically, yeah, right. Yeah. From mm-hmm. pollen, and yeah, or, or I'm sure there's some pollen in. And now honey is one of the rare food items that actually never spoils. lasts forever, right? Yeah, literally, it, it will crystallizes. Never spoil. And some people think crystallization is that it's going just bad, but it's not. Throw it in the microwave, right, right. <laughs> yeah, or you can put it in water, you basically or just yeah. turn it, right it up. Back on, yeah. yeah. Huh. The reason I commercial honey doesn't do that, it sounds like they do a heat process where they bring it up to like 150 degrees so that it doesn't do that sure but are you gonna do the raw honey though oh yeah uh, yeah yep absolutely i like it when it, you need a knife to get it out of mm-hmm. the jar so the only thing i make honey with and i'm sure miranda makes a lot of things with honey but um i make this tea uh with ginger root and honey and lemons and i love it we love it at home and it's just like that honey just adds a little bit mm-hmm. i'm like really wondering florally sweetness that you can't find yeah else. I'm, I'm really wondering what a uh a Diener Acres honey addition. Well, that's would cool taste because like. it would taste. I think honey tastes totally different, you know, yeah. depending on where it came from and the flowers that are being pollinated. And you can use it in anything, baking, right? All that stuff. Yep, there's a lot of uses for it. My my mom actually makes wine as a her little hobby. So there's I've never had mead before, but mead's made from honey. Okay. Mm. Um, so she's talked about, <laughs> she's eyeing you up. Hey, yeah, she's looking <laughs> yeah. For my, my uncle that got into beekeeping is her brother. So she, they've also had conversations about maybe taking some and making, she actually, now that I think of it, she actually made some honey wine huh. and it's for last year and it's getting close to being about six months old oh to, boy. to give it, give it the old try. Yep. Mm. Interesting. Good. Well, what are you most excited about or so far in this process? What has been the most enjoyable it's fun learning. It's it's 
you think you know something about or have an idea and you kind of peel back the onion and start looking at a little closer, it's really interesting. It's been interesting to learn about bees and how they work and how important they are to everything that we do in the environment. So mm-hmm. that's been that's been really fun. It's interesting. Yeah. I think it's a lot more complex than I would have realized. I yeah. Not at all. Yeah, and we're really the hive itself. We're Uh just scratching the surface on some of the nuances and they're there are people who have been doing this for years and years and years. Mark's probably listening right now and saying, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't have half of it right. But everybody you talk to, it's it's kind of – everybody has their own method of doing it, and everybody thinks that theirs is right, but there's just so many different things that can influence and different techniques. And my uncle talked about doing it five years ago, and he said he did everything – according to the book, he did everything wrong, and they, they lived, oh. and now he's doing it more by the book, and they're not – doing as well so Hmm. it's it just seems like there's a lot of people that are confused about it that it's it's really rewarding but at the same time it's really frustrating Mm -hmm. because they may just be gone one day you go walk out to the hive and check it and they're gone (gasps) you know so it's been exciting and i'm looking forward to you prep for all of the things that are going to happen and i'm i'm interested to have some actual hands-on knowledge and yeah. understanding of it how it works so. so again when does this actually start when, april 28th when, april 28th yep. i think your episode will be posted by then oh yeah totally yes so this will be good this will be real good do you have anything else about bees honey or are any no no oh, i'm sure i do but yeah well we'll have you on again yeah i we need to follow up in the fall to find out how it went is no, that, that a good time to do it in. sure Okay. Sure. Yeah. It would be like, well, April 30th um, was a bad day. <laughs> they, they did make it one full day in my, in my care, but after uh, that, oh they're just gone. Yeah. Well, if that unfortunately were to happen, um, Jamie uh, referenced an onion before, and ladies and gentlemen, Jamie is like an onion. He, uh, he has many layers, oh and many topics to talk about, so I'm sure maybe we can have you on again sometime. Sounds good. That'd be great. Cool. Well, how do we feel? Feel good about this episode? I feel great about this episode. I feel amazing about this episode. So, Jamie, if you wouldn't mind signing this off. Sure, I can do that. This is Jamie Diener, and you've been listening to another episode of Off the Clock, a podcast made the Johnsonville way. (laughs) 